I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you're at. Welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John Algetz, and with me is... Maggie Lovett, who is weirdly on the wrong side. Okay, there you go. <laughs> wrong side of the screen today. Um, I was waiting for him to flip that. You know, at some point, at some point, I'm not going to be jump scared by our intro music when the live starts. <laughs> but today is not that day. Well, ever since we we switched over from sound effects to music, it's every single time. It has it made me like just tense up. Just like, like, oh God, what? We need to do some like exposure therapy for you where you just have to like sit in a room and just hear that music play over and over and over again at unexpected intervals. Again, it's just, I just, I keep expecting the sound effect. That's all it is. And then all of a sudden just very upbeat, flashy music is what I get. Oh, well. Uh, Anyways, on today's show, we're going to be talking all about Sony's Spider-Man-less Spider-Man universe. Uh, But before that, we're going to jump in and we're going to give you some real quick thoughts about the X-Men 97 trailer that dropped this morning. Maggie, I got to say, watching that trailer, it hit me right in the feels. Yep. As soon as that music came on, I was suddenly I was a six year old kid sitting in my living room, eating my breakfast cereal, watching X-Men on Fox Kids. Yep, that was exactly the feel that I got to. It also made me feel extremely old at the same time because I have like these vivid memories of watching it as a kid and wanting to have rogues white stripes. Uh, and you now. Could do it. Oh no, yeah. I have them coming in. Like I have a whole patch of white hair on both sides. I was like, oh no, I'm old now. Uh, but it still brought back that exact same feeling. And it looks so good. Like the animation style looks so good. Oh. It looks fantastic. I I was a little bit hesitant when they announced this show initially. I mm-hmm. was I was hesitant because I was like, I don't know, can they recapture? Can they recapture that magic? And obviously, this is just a trailer, so we can't say for sure. But 
just based off the trailer, I'm I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with it, a lot more excited for it. So luckily enough, we don't have that long to wait as it's going to start streaming March 20th. I know, uh, like right after my birthday. So I am claiming this as a birthday present. <laughs> since it's still in March and my birthday is also in March, I'm going to also claim it as Here a birthday go. present. So, you know, there we go. Uh, happy birthday to both to of us. To both of us. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Thanks, it's, Marvel. It's, You've made a marvelous march. Moving on. Uh, so, yes, I am very much excited for that. A, that was a fantastic thing to wake up to this morning. Uh, I'm going to pretend that I woke up this morning and I wasn't up all night. Uh, now we're going to talk about something that's not so marvelous. It sounded like some of the original voice actors returned. It has, I believe it's a completely new voice cast. Uh, um, let me double check that real quick because... I, I did see a lot of people who are upset that it looks so reminiscent of the original series and yet the original voice cast is not involved. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, a few people are returning from the original series but they are voicing new roles. Yeah. Uh, Catherine Disher, Chris Potter, Adrian Ho, Hugh Ho, I don't know how to say the last name, Allison Court and Lawrence Bain are all returning just in new uncredited roles, uh, or at least roles that we don't know yet. Um, Which, you know, voices mature and things happen, so I, I get that yeah. to some extent, but I do know a lot of people are really upset about that aspect, but... It happens. It's it been, happens. you know, it's, it's been, been almost it's been almost 30 years. Like don't don't say that. These things happen. Uh anyone see that Invincible Season 2 Part 2 trailer? I almost I almost programmed us to also talk about that, but I figured because it's season two, part two, we wouldn't have as much to say. But it does look really good. good. I am excited for it. Uh, I do definitely enjoy Invincible. Uh, So, yeah, uh, X-Men, Spider-Man, and Batman were my favorite animated series. I love watching in the 90s. Uh, This morning when my best friend messaged me, that he linked me the trailer, uh, I actually just straight up said to him, uh, okay, now they need to bring back 90s Spider-Man, those cowards. Yeah. Do it. Do it. And maybe even Spider-Man Unlimited. Just do that. And Spectacular Spider-Man. There's so many, there's so many cartoons that need their, their second chance, but that's beside the point. Anyways, let's move on to our uh, title topic for today, which is us talking about the current state of Sony's Spider-Man universe, which let's just start things off right now with that universe name. <laughs> they call it Sony Spider-Man universe, but that universe doesn't have a Spider-Man. Sort of. They keep dancing around it. He's there. He's just not <laughs> visible. <laughs> this Madam Web, like they danced around it so, so hard that like... <laughs> It's almost as confounding as going to Florida and having Universal have all of the Marvel stuff, but then Disney not having all of the Marvel stuff. It's it's this it's weird. It's such a it's, weird vibe. <laughs> don't you just love like corporate policies and all this right. Love and stuff and everything like that? Just make it, it thing. It really helps to elevate art to like the highest form possible. Yeah, it is. Uh... Their Spider-Man is like John Cena. You can't see him. 
Now I want to see John Cena play Spider-Man. I'd watch that. I think uh, But yes. So Sony's Spider-Man universe is uh, in not great shape. Then again, you might argue that it's never been in real great shape. Uh, so far, it has had four films released. And let's take a look at these four films, shall we? Our first film was Venom, which is currently sitting at 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Its audience score is significantly better at 80%, which I feel like is pretty accurate. I personally quite enjoy that movie. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. I mean, it's yeah. really hard to dislike anything that Tom Hardy is in. Um, so I'm trying to th- there has to have been something that I didn't like that he was in. I literally love that man and everything he's in. Yeah, I'm spacing. I can't think of anything. Uh, the second film in the universe was Venom. Let there be carnage at 57% on the tomato meter. Uh, spoiler alert. That is the highest rated film in the universe currently by critics. By critics. Uh, audience score is also 84%, which I also believe is the highest audience score. Also which, a very fun film. I actually didn't like that film as much as I liked oh. the first Venom. That's just my personal opinion. Then we get into the real dredges. We have Morbius sitting there at 15% on the tomato meter and 71% on audience score, which I'm surprised the audience score is that high. I think that might be for the bit. Yeah, because off the top of my head, I don't think I've ever met anyone who liked that movie. No, I mean, unless you like the one scene of Matt Smith dancing, and then I can justify that as being, I mean, that is the best part of the film. (laughs) And then finally, our uh, big release yesterday was Madam Web at 15% on the tomato meter and a 59% audience score. Maggie, have you seen it? I have not gotten to see it yet. Um, I did not get the screening invite, despite looking like Madam Web. Uh, so I'll have to wait. Uh, you this- might want to disassociate yourself with it as much as possible, because that... I don't... <laughs> Honey. <laughs> here's my really quick spoiler, or really, not spoiler, spoiler-free review. This might be one of the most terrible films I ever paid money to see. See, I, there's other films that are that for me. So I I have no expectations for this film. I look forward to seeing it on streaming. I'm not paying for it. Um, At so. the very least, take some solace in the knowledge that uh, Dakota Johnson is very, very much the best part of this film. As she should be. Just mostly because of the moments that she is very, very clearly ad-libbing. Because it's like the only lines that don't feel wooden and like written by a robot are very clearly ones that she probably came up with herself. <laughs> God bless Dakota Johnson. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is uh, pretty bad. Uh, and on the on the box office front, it's not exactly doing great either. Uh, according to. The studio themselves, the numbers that we got, Madam Web made $6.05 million on its uh, Wednesday opening at 4,013 locations. Uh, over the course of the next six days, uh, which will bring us through the end of the weekend, they are projecting that it will come to a total of $26.55 million for their opening week. I guess, because six days is not a weekend. That's an entire week. Uh, that is... Not great. Yeah, that's not good. 
Listen, box like box office polls right now are already like pretty low across the board and they have been for a while. But even with that, that is still that's still like embarrassingly low for six days. Well, also, uh, I just have to say, why are you releasing it on Valentine's Day when it is not a romantic movie? And yeah, there's almost that. nothing worse than seeing a movie alone than seeing a bad movie alone on a romantic holiday. If if you dragged a loved one to see Madam Web, your loved one when you leave, uh, how's single life? Because <laughs> that was that was bad. Uh, it it is a, it does have a reported budget of eighty million dollars. So uh, you know, do with that number what you will as far as like its box office returns. I'm not going to say flop yet because we haven't quite gotten there yet. Who knows? Maybe it'll have a mad rush over the weekend, but it's not looking great, which begs the question, is the Sony Spider-Man universe a failure or can it be saved? Because we do have two films coming down the pipeline. We have Craven the Hunter, which is coming out in August and then we have Venom 3, which is supposedly coming out in November. Do we think that those two films have the capability of recovering from the hardcore swan dive off the top rope that these that this universe has been doing? I'm going to wager a bet here and say no. <laughs> I feel like it's a really safe bet to make as well. I do think had Sony stuck with the the Venom of it all, the thing that people are like the most familiar with. We've already seen Venom previously, a variation of it. We don't also need to talk about that movie. Um, but like you're at least slightly more familiar with Eddie and that story. I think that we could have stuck with that as a trilogy and that have been like the anchor point for the Sony-verse. And also not spread out quite as far. And obviously we had a pandemic and we have a strike and lots of reasons for why that is such a spread out trilogy. Um, I think that could have had a really strong um, kind of baseline for Sony to then, you know, build off of. But the fact that you have these films and that they're set in different time periods and maybe they're different timelines and maybe they're different universes and maybe they're all standalones. Maybe they don't even fit together. And maybe there's a, a few connections to like the Marvel stuff, but don't, don't say it's a Marvel movie because it's not really a Marvel movie. Like, that's just not good marketing. <laughs> yeah. People don't really get what they're trying. And I think that Madame Webb was, like, really poorly executed in terms of, like, getting that information out ahead of time about whether or not this was a standalone or if this was interconnected with their other Sonyverse stuff or just really anything to do with, like, the timeline and, like, what they were doing with this movie, um, which I think is also very... Um, indicative of the other problems that seem to be going on with like the rewrites that took place and like maybe misleading your actresses into what franchise they are joining and just various little things like that. Um, yeah, the vibes are weird and I don't necessarily think despite how beautiful Aaron Taylor Johnson is, I don't think he can save us with Craven and I don't know if Tom Hardy can save it Here's the thing. I think that from from a box office standpoint, I feel like Venom 3 has the has like 
the possibility is there because it does have the name recognition and yeah. I feel like on the whole people definitely enjoy the Venom films for the most part film goers seem to enjoy them people like my parents like the Venom movies like that's yeah. that's indicative of your general like mainstream audience so I think the Venom 3 will do decently at the box office probably planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Craven the Hunter? I am, I'm scared of that movie like deeply deeply scared of that movie because i'll be honest with you the trailer that we got for that movie uh made me want to run away like it just looked bad madam web looked better madam web trailers looked better i will say that the craven trailer did make me want to watch it but i am very easy to please uh like a man covered in blood is gonna get my attention Uh, and they did quite well with that that trailer so I mean, sign me up. I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, I think he's a really talented actor, and I also think it's hilarious. He's like already been in Marvel, <laughs> and now he's playing a different character. Um, so, like, that's a whole uh, confusing thing. Not that anybody remembers um, the Maximoffs, uh, so they might forget that he was in the general audience. Um, but I don't know. It just seems like a weird movie that's not connected to any of these other Sonyverse things that we're experiencing, and then. There's a lot of the convoluted, like the convoluted element of Marvel doing all of their own stuff, and then Marvel's also facing fatigue, and then like this is also it's like weird, like everybody's competing against each other for the same audiences, and none of the audiences seem to care about what they're putting out. Yeah, you see, here's the thing: I feel like up until the release of Madame Web, because I'm going to assume that they're all connected in the same universe, because nothing has told us that they're not. So my assumption that I'm going off of is that they're all connected. They, I felt like that Sony had a break glass in case of emergency film that they could have done that Madam Web actually puts the kibosh on. Uh, so we know that like Tom Holland is in the MCU and doing doing MCU Spider-Man stuff. He's set to continue to be in the MCU reportedly. Uh and so it'd be weird necess- it'd be weird to bring him into the Sony universe without a ton of setup on the MCU side. However, fans since No Way Home had expressed interest and a desire to see Andrew Garfield Spider-Man get another film. And it would have been really easy for Sony to just make that happen if they were worried about the future of their universe. Make it, you know, so that that is this universe's Spider-Man. Give Andrew Garfield another shot. A lot of people would show up for that. It would make just a ton of money. You know it would. Yeah. But Madam Web because of the time that it takes place and its connection to certain Parker characters, (laughs) 
makes that makes the possibility of Andrew Garfield being this universe's Spider-Man logistically impossible, chronologically impossible because it's set in, I believe it's 2006 and you see a 2003. It might've been something like that. It was, it was early two thousands. Yeah. Cause it's, I think it's either 2002, 2003, because people were complaining about them using nineties music and the music person said, did you stop listening to nineties music when 2000? Yeah. It might be 2003 because the guy on the train was playing an original PSP. Uh, so yeah, it, Andrew Garfield was not born in the early two thousands. Uh, and this is very clearly like, you know, Spider-Man isn't born yet in this film is what I'm saying. Uh, so they kind of shut that down. Well, that's what they said. It's, the, it's its own standalone thing. I just don't understand that. It just confuses me. Like, I truly would love to know what goes on in these, like, studio head meetings where they choose to make the most convoluted, least best business practices kind of choices for their franchises. Like, you want to keep things as simple as possible for your audiences. And everybody seems to continue to convolute everything. Adam, you know that you can actually just jump in and say these things, right? (laughs) Like you don't have to say them in chat and then bring your own chat up. (laughs) The voice of God can lend his... (laughs) He just really, really wants us to talk. Do we need another Sony leak? I I mean, it worked out so well for us the last time. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at where we are now. That definitely fixed everything. Everybody knew what was going on, and everything's great. We live listen, in the all that, all that another Sony leak would tell us is what we already know, that Sony desperately wants to do a Sinister Six film and <laughs> is willing it. to just throw any like sanity into the garbage just to try to barrel towards that ultimate goal. So yeah. Why can't Sony make movies of Spider-Man 2099, Spider-Gwen, Jessica Drew, etc.? I think they're missing an opportunity to set up a live action cinematic Spider-Verse. Well, yeah. And apparently they don't even really seem to care because they were asked yeah. about, are they making a live action Miles Morales? And they were like, sometime in the future, which isn't, that's that's basically like never. Let's be real. They have no I, sounds like. Yeah. I... Uh, I am of the mindset that I believe that they they almost would be better off abandoning this this Sony Spider-Man universe live action thing and just going full bore into Spider-Verse and Spider-Verse related. Which is what they do really media. well at. I think yeah. those are some of the best things that Sony has put out in years. Just, just let that and like we could get spin-off films for Miguel. We could get spin-off films for Gwen. We could get a Jessica Drew spin-off. We could get Spider-Ham as Mike Joyce pointed out, like we could just let the creative teams do what they want to do. And Sony just don't, don't corporate all over the place with it. Uh, And you would be fine. I feel so bad for Sony. This and the PS five news is rough. That PS five news hurts. 
What was what was the? I saw a tweet earlier today. Uh, so about basically, the, like the the word on the street is is yeah, that yeah, yeah. the sales for PS5 underperformed, so they're assuming they're end of lifing it is end of lifing it, which is insane considering yeah. nobody could get their hands on a PS5 when it first came out. That was that was the tweet that I saw. It was uh, like. Uh, it was like it was like bitch for the first two years you had to perform a haitian voodoo ritual to get one before a robot yeah <laughs> like, I'm, like, like i still ha- i only have a ps4 i got a ps4 like six months before they announced ps5 and i because it was finally available i could finally get my hands on a ps4 and i'm like really and now now that people are finally getting a ps5 they're like just kidding it's dead you got like any real games on it guys I just bought a PS5. It's funny. We're talking about Spider-Man and I bought the PS5 specifically for Spider-Man 2 I, because I, I bought my PS4 specifically for Spider-Man 2018. So like that's, yeah, that's why I, I have bought, these systems. I bought my PS4 to play Spider-Man 2. Not yeah. 2, but also. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. uh, so like I just got a PS5, like literally like only a few months back and now they're talking about like end of life which doesn't bother me much because i am a pc player so like it doesn't really affect me too much but that is still kind of annoying uh yeah it would be great to see a live action avenger style movie with a team of spider people saving the multiverse i mean somebody needs to save it yeah i mean there's an idea we can do some fun meta um oh god what is the the it's the movie with the basketball team and the animation oh my god space, space jam. jam we can space jam meta this and we can have the spider-man character saving the sony-verse so you're it's you're basically describing reality. what i am imagining secret wars is going to be <laughs> Yes, but that's Marvel, and we don't talk now, about now. Now here's well because here's the thing: I would not be surprised at all if because Kevin Feige did say that all like other Marvel properties are in the same multiverse. It would not surprise me if in Secret Wars we have like Tom Hardy show up and all these other people. Like maybe Dakota Johnson will show up. I, I she's not gonna want to do it uh like I'll be, her, I'll be her body devil if we need somebody i was like so the question is, so i guess the question is if we don't think that venom 3 or craven the hunter are gonna save sony's universe is disney going to save sony's universe they need to clean up their own house first and i say that in the nicest way possible I think they need to fix... Like, we were literally two days ago being like, is Deadpool gonna save MCU? Come on. Like, all of these apparently need some salvation right now. Um, I mean, even crossing into DC, is Superman Legacy going to save the DC universe? I mean, this seems to be the conversation uh, that we're having with all of these superhero franchises and i think that may speak volumes and i don't know if anybody i just maybe it is here's here's the thing this is going to be a little bit crazy a little bit crazy maybe it's time for superhero movies to like go away for a little while you know i am perfectly content with the only superheroes on my screen being animated and the boys here's here's my plan here's what we do Superhero superheroes need to go away for a little while. Okay. But we need like a big blowout 
like holy crap final thing to like send them off <laughs> avengers versus jla yeah there you go warner brothers disney just do it everybody let's just come together give everybody one last big hurrah and just shut that door for Instead a while of secret wars that's that's the end of phase there six. we go james gunn you already have your shoe in the door with marvel still let's do this let's get it I, done this is this is me writing off James Gunn's DC universe before it even happens. No, no, he's going to introduce these characters to then face off with Marvel. Uh, so it's on the same tonal level. This went off the rails. Here's the thing: in reality, I don't want superhero films to end. I I love them dearly. I'm still somebody who is like still very much looking forward to all the films and everything. I do think that there's there's structural problems that need to be yeah that need to be fixed. Um, but I think things you know, just need to be figured out. You know, I I'm obviously on record saying that like we do need more standalone films. And obviously now we have Madam Web that's not doing well as a standalone. But I do think that partially that is because the execution of it was like poorly handled. You had people who who were coming into it thinking it was going to build something. Then you're having you know kind of this question about what when is it actually set because it kept kind of shifting in the pre-production. Some people thought it was I think in the 90s and then it became you know the 2000s and then you know is it going to connect to something bigger? Are we going to see these things? These are questions I think ultimately hurt these standalone films. I think that studios need to be a lot more forthright with what they're doing. So much stuff is like cloaked in shadows until like right before a movie is released. But I think if you're really clear in your marketing like this is a standalone film this is not connected to our other stuff this is something for people who just want to like experience this kind of story without any of the baggage i think you would appeal to an audience that is facing this you know uh superhero fatigue that everyone keeps talking about who does just want to like turn their brains off and have a good time with this weird superhero universe and then leave that behind as soon as they walk out the door that they're not going to have to need to come back in three years for a sequel that they're not going to have to prep to see a movie that they don't have to wait for an end credit scene that you know teases that next big villain like i think there's a lot of stuff in like the handling of both pre and post marketing for films that is where people are getting really tired and i don't necessarily know if that's something that studios will ever actually listen to because they have really strange marketing tactics lately uh that just confuse me um so i don't i don't know if the answer is something that anybody is technically wanting to listen to or even willing to take a chance on um and i think that's kind of where some of the stuff went wrong with madam web i don't know if they were willing to take that chance um if the rewrites were something that the studio was pushing or you know there are other plans for other spider Spider-Man properties, you know, got in the way of whatever they were originally trying to do with Madam Web. So I think, you know, it's it's kind of a indicative of a much larger problem we're having right now where we're not seeing studios investing in films just to invest in the art of the film, but rather investing in films for whatever perceived franchising IP potentials are there or as a reactionary like protection thing. I mean, that's why, you know, Sony keeps doing Spider-Man things is to keep that IP within their universe. So it doesn't fully shift over into Marvel. And I think that there's a lot of like devaluation of art as just like things to enjoy. And it's, it's, it's capitalism. There you go. It's, it's, (laughs) I was, I was talking about this on Twitter earlier today about something completely unrelated, but, it shares a similar point in that we we ha- live in this world where the mindset is line has to keep going up 
if line is not going up, then drastic actions have to be taken to make line go up. And like, this is of course talking about like corporate profits. Uh, yeah, it, it is, it is in, a a it's affecting things in a really, really bad way. I do want to, I do want to call out something that uh, Jeremy Miller here said, as much as I love comic book movies, it is a breath of fresh air that 2024 has the least amount of them. Yeah. That is very, very true. Uh, I was sitting there and, you know, when the Deadpool trailer came out, that's when it kind of, it kind of hit me that we only have one MCU film this year. Um, And then of course we do have three three sony spider-man universe movies this year counting madam web and then do we have a dc movie this year no i didn't think so uh so yeah that is a pretty compared to some years where it seemed like we were having a joker two is this year that's right oh yeah i forgot about joker because again joker is its own thing yeah and i do think like I, I will always be to some extent ride or die for DC because there's a lot of things that DC has done over the years before some of the more corporate meddling things got in the way that I really liked what they were doing. Like they were ahead of the game with their DC universe streaming platform where you could, it was your one-stop shop. I love that. I, I'm still so mad that we lost that because I loved having lost it quick too. It we wasn't lost even it so quick. I love that I had one place that I could go to for my comics, for my news, for my TV, for my movies. I was like rewatching my, my Superman and Lois stuff from when I was like younger that I love so much. Like I, and then we had Titans and I absolutely loved Titans. I loved what they were doing with that universe. We had Doom Patrol, which I loved so much. There was so much that was going so strong there, but I think that they, they ultimately were too far ahead of the game because that was before yeah. Disney plus even. So we had, we hadn't trained people. So I do think a lot of Disney plus success there actually came from people already starting to kind of train their brains towards this idea of going to one place for one specific franchise and not like Netflix or something like that. And then, you know, you had standalone, these standalone universes that DC was working on. You had the standalone universe for Joker, which is tonally different from everything else that they had were putting out at that time. Then you had the Batman, which was again, tonally different and completely on its own and seemingly still being the plan of it being its own thing. And these Elseworld ideas really worked for DC, but you had a few bad films and suddenly everybody decided that, you know, DC was a joke, but like they really had a good model going for them. And I even, you know, even to like the, the credit of like the Arrowverse, like that was its own thing that went for years with all of these different shows that were interconnected and they were doing these big team ups and like, sure it was on the CW. The budget wasn't that high. The CGI wasn't usually that great, but they, they were doing it and they were bringing to life these stories that people loved from the comics and that universe went on so long. And then you had like a new Superman show that was really good. And like now it's, you know, on its death knell as it's going out. But like you had all of these things that worked really well, but still, for some reason, everything got just poo-pooed on because Marvel. So, and now look, everybody's in shambles together. <laughs> I definitely think that to to wrap this up. Yeah, I, so think I, that, that. <laughs> I think that Arrow Maxwell perfectly summarizes what what this whole discussion can be boiled down to. With his comment that Dark Knight was good because of Nolan's creative control. When you let artists make art, it works. When suits put poke their fingers in the cake it's no longer edible yep i mean that is exactly yep 
that we could have just said that at the start of the episode and called it a day. Thirty second <laughs> episode, we're out. Yeah, no, that is that is exactly exactly the insight that we're trying to say here in far too many words. Well, um, even there, the things that I was just calling out that worked so well at DC was because there was singular creative control yeah. over all of those properties. It's almost like artists know what they're doing. Can we just can we can we leave this? Uh, this discussion, this episode on an agreement about one thing, the best, most successful superhero universe that has ever existed is and always has been the DC animated universe. It does not get the love and respect that it deserves, but the DC animated universe is fantastic. Yeah. Go watch some cartoons because all those things, Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, Justice League Unlimited, all that stuff. Oh, man, so good. Unlimited. Oh, I love so, it. So good. And then the movies that spawn off it that are kind of loosely like the same. They reference things and it's all just really, really good. Any any of the DC uh, animated stuff is fantastic. Yeah, I own, out Harley Quinn. Yes. Yeah. Harley Quinn. Super good. Just go watch DC animated stuff. That'll that'll everything you need and you know what if you want marvel stuff if you're more of a marvel fan and and less of a dc fan go watch the old like 90s uh the old 90s marvel cartoons go watch x-men go watch x-men 97 x because x-men spider-man the the never talked about iron man show and i think there was a uh was there a Doctor Strange show or they just piloted it and then it never got anywhere i think that was just a pilot and it never went anywhere Anyways, th- like those fun fact, those three series, the Iron Man one, the Spider-Man one and the X-Men one are connected. So technically a universe. So go watch those. Uh, and with that, th- we're, this is where we're going to end today's episode. We could go on and on and on and on and on, but we're not going to. So this is where we're going to leave it. Uh, Maggie, you got anything exciting coming down the pipeline? Anything that you're, you're hyped about? I do. So I have so far posted three of my interviews from the new look. You can go find those on collider.com. I have one with Ben Mendelsohn, one with Maisie Williams and one with John Malkovich. And I really like the John Malkovich one because he ended up telling a small story about Carrie Fisher, uh, which was just really a really nice way to wrap up that, that uh, interview. Uh, I watched I, the Ben Mendelsohn one and it was great. Oh, I, I haven't watched him. the other two. I want to talk to Ben Mendelsohn for like an hour. I, I like would love he to. He seems like a super like He's charming great. dude. He was wonderful. Um, I really had no like firm opinions on Ben Mendelsohn before doing that interview. And now I'm like, well, fan for life now. Um, he doesn't he's like, all- you know how people always say when they're talking about a celebrity, he's like, that seems like a guy, like a guy that I want to get a beer with. Like he didn't strike me as a guy that I wanted to get a beer with, but he very much struck me as the kind of guy that I want to sit down and enjoy like a nice, like bottle of wine and discuss <laughs> like discuss world issues with yeah like, just he just, like a good guy happy when like somebody is so receptive to like the conversation that you're having it just always hurts if you're like constrained to eight minutes because uh, right. i could have been an 80 minute interview junket interviews are hard um but those are all coming out and then i have a couple more uh the new look interviews i have one uh article left for that to um wrap up and then i have a couple other interviews on the horizon that will be coming out next week so keep your eyes peeled for that one and i do have a breakout that posted today from my the bad batch um interviews so if you want to know about headcanons for fives one of my favorite clones you can find that over on collider.com 
Yeah, so get over there, check out the website. We've got a ton of stuff coming down the pipeline, not just Maggie's fantastic interviews. There's all sorts of great stuff over there that you can check out. Fantastic articles written by some of the best writers that I've ever had the privilege of working alongside. So get over there, check it out, have a good time, learn yourself up, be informed about entertainment news and all the, all that good stuff. Read our feature articles because our feature team is brilliant. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like we don't, we, because we like, you know, this is a new news show so we're constantly talking about like the news and the news team and all that stuff and they do great work too but the features team needs some love so get over there and check out the features team and what they got going on uh anyways with that this is where we're gonna leave you tomorrow is i believe a perry episode it's not me either i think it might be perry and steve i think <laughs> i don't know why nose goes apparently nose like, goes. <laughs> like i don't want to do it no that's not true i i would love to do every day if i could uh but i also like sleep uh, so yeah, be sure to be back here tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, same bad time, same bad place to check out even more entertainment news and discussion and all that good stuff. But until then, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.